Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 280 and we're talking about Dresden in Germany. That's right, this is part of Indie Germany. Five weeks, five cities throughout Germany using a German rail pass with five days worth of transport. Yeah, we got our German rail pass from acprail.com and yeah, it's been really great. We've had a good time so far. And in fact, by the time you hear this, it will all be over. We're recording a week in advance, so we're still in Hamburg. But yes, this time next week we will be in, in Berlin and it's it will all be over. Yeah, well, we will have one more day trip to do. That's right, because we suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we... Uh, we change our plans often. <laughs> our advanced uh, travel planning still could do with a little bit of improvement. What happened in this case was that we decided to get our rail pass for a certain date. We had planned to do our travelling on Mondays. But then we realised it would be better to couch surf before we stay in hostels rather than vice versa. So we thought we'd arrive in a town at the weekend, so travelling on a Friday, couch surf for the weekend and then go and stay in a hostel. However, since that meant pulling our first travel day forward three days, we didn't realise that our German rail pass was valid from the original Monday when we wanted to travel. So when we went to go and hop on a train, actually it was the day before, we realised that it wouldn't be valid for the next day. <laughs> and it worked out fine because in Bavaria, where we were, they have a really great buy-in ticket. It was, what, 26 euros for both of us to travel all day on the regional trains, which was cheaper than, I think it's 45 euros each. Mm. And it was an integrated ticket, so you could get on buses and U-Bahns and S-Bahns and everything as well as the regional trains. Yeah. So this German rail ticket is great for long-distance travel, but if you're travelling within a region, it's much better to get a local ticket and travel slowly. So anyway, that means that instead of using one of our five travel days within the month that we've got the uh, the ticket for, we didn't, and we've got one more travel day. So we've got to decide where we want to go to from Berlin. I'm thinking Leipzig. Yeah, I think that might be a good option. Um, if you've got some better ideas, then you've got just a few days by the time this goes out to email us and change our minds. But we were meant to go to Leipzig on our way between Cologne and Dresden. But yeah. that, it surely, that was it, not to be. No, firstly, because we'd hoped to leave reasonably early in the morning, maybe around 10 o'clock, and have three or four hours in Leipzig before going on to Dresden. But then we decided to leave later. That was fine. We we're still going to have, I think, two and a half hours. Except for the fact that uh, some idiot had attacked the signal box in Cologne and all the trains were leaving late. Now, our yeah. train arrived only five minutes late, but it left 20 minutes late, yeah. which and meant it, that it got to the next stop 20 minutes late. And since we had a 12-minute uh, <laughs> transfer time to get on the next train, it didn't happen. We didn't yeah. catch it. And it also meant that we couldn't meet Tristan, uh, yeah. an ITP listener who we were hoping to catch up with. And uh, yeah, he was coming from the airport into town, but he couldn't get into town because of that. So we were kind of circling around each other all morning, sending tweets to each other going, you make it, oh, no, no, yeah. It didn't happen. But just nothing connected that day. Luckily, though, we managed to get to Dresden on time to meet our couch surfing hosts. It was incredible. It was quite amazing <laughs> because we just kept being on trains that were delayed. In fact, our last train was delayed. It arrived 10 minutes late, and I thought we were going to miss the connecting train, but it turned out that train was going to be 15 minutes late. 
Then as we got off the train, I saw another train leaving for Dresden. I thought, oh, let's go and get that one. So we ran and got it. It turned out to be a train that we could have got from Cologne, a direct train all the way from Cologne to Dresden, which we hadn't caught because we were going to be stopping in Leipzig. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it had been delayed by about an hour. That was madness. And then luckily we've been doing some German practice because we were listening to the train announcement as we were coming into, um, as we were coming to Dresden. And it's, the conductor came on and said, we won't be stopping at the Dresden Neustadt station. We'll be going straight into the Hauptbahnhof. And if you need to connect to get back to Dresden Neustadt, then catch the train towards Prague. That we thought we understood. Yeah. Until she translated it into English and said, we won't be stopping at Dresden Hauptbahnhof will just be stopping at Dresden Neustadt. Yeah, I think she just and said then, something like, the next, the, the next train to Dresden Hauptbahnhof is the one towards Prague. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, wait a second. So that was completely contradictory, and we trusted our English more than our German translation skills until we pulled into the Hauptbahnhof and right breathed a time. sigh of relief. Yes. <laughs> well, so travel is an adventure, for sure. <laughs> We made it, we made it on time, but we missed our stop in Leipzig. It's okay. Well, luckily, after we arrived, we were picked up by our couch surfing hosts, which is why we were desperate to arrive on time, because we, these guys had arranged to meet us at the station. So we met uh, Stefan and Karula there at the station. They first of all took us on a drive through the city, so we got to see some of the the most famous sites, the the town hall, the uh, the Church of Our Lady, the, the Opera, Palace. the Zwinger, yeah, the Royal Palace, um, all along the Alba. Yeah, and that was really great. It gave us a good overview of, of the city. And then we proceeded to drive right out of town. They live on oh, maybe about a 20-minute drive from the city, which was really cool. It was nice to be in a different area. And it also meant that we had a bit of an experience when we were coming back into the city the next day. Because, you know, navigating the public transport system is always, always fun. Mm. Yeah, we were looking at, um, well, it was about 45 minutes to an hour door to door with the different buses and trams we had to catch to go from where we were into the centre of town. And yeah, we were looking at different bus options and transport tickets and things. And we found out that instead of getting individual tickets for whatever the price was, yeah, I think two it was euros. two euros each, each journey. For eight euros, we could get a family pass for the whole day, which gave us access, it was an integrated ticket, and it was until four o'clock the next morning. So that's a great option, I think, if you're traveling as a, a couple or with a friend and looking for transport options in Dresden. Uh, yeah. If you're going to get on more than two coaches or two trams all day then um yeah it's just perfect i mean we could hop on hop off and get around all over the place yeah and that's what we did on the saturday we we caught the bus into the city and then we just we wandered around checked out some of the buildings we went to the the big garden i love it in germany some of these names are so hilarious in nuremberg they have the beautiful fountain and yes it's actually called the beautiful fountain and in dresden they have the big garden and it's you know a big park (laughs) has a palace in the middle of it it was really nice to wander around there were lots of people walking and skating just enjoying the sun because we had a sunny day that day yeah lots of slack lines and and frisbees and badminton rackets and everything like that out in the grass as well yeah it was great 
we went shopping a little bit, just just wandered around. And then we went back and met up with our couch surfing host Corolla and Stefan. And then we went straight back into the city to the Neustadt because it was the uh, the Neustadt festival. Yes. Was it called the Bundesrepublik? Uh, yeah, the the colourful republic of Dresden Neustadt. Um, after the the collapse of the um, well, the the unification of Germany, they decided that Dresden Neustadt would become a republic. And so they created a republic and elected a king and uh, created their own currency and, and all sorts. Um, but the, the bright dream kind of died out. But they still celebrate uh, once a year with this massive street party. It's 150,000 people estimated this year. And um, every door of the place is either shut or a bar. Um, People were made, uh, selling homemade wines and liqueurs. There were countless beer tents, lots about and ten lots different of food music stores. stations with live bands. Oh, at least ten. Um, and then everyone else just DJs out on the street. Um, all of the clubs basically brought their sound system out to the street, and we went past on the bus at four o'clock, and it was kind of thronging as we went you know, through the Neustadt on the tram. And then when we came back at about 11 o'clock, it was jam-packed. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, people we spoke to said it was either about one kilometre by one kilometre or two kilometres by two kilometre area. I think it was two by one. Um, and so it, it was a huge area and there was barely room to move in some areas. You are just you know, move, moving with the crowd, wherever the crowd wanted you to move, that's kind of where you went. It was great. And uh, Stefan took us around and showed us some of the highlights of the Neustadt, mm. including the Kunsthof Passage, which is so great. It's kind of a backyard area. And by backyard, I mean back alleyways, I suppose, because there aren't any yes, gardens in the, this area. The courtyard the and courtyard. alleyways between the apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And it was um, redecorated from the 90s. It's really great. Lots of cool artwork and a weird gutter system. and it, it was just really cool. It's very hard to explain. We'll have to put out some pictures. Yeah, there, there's um, pictures of monkeys hanging off the building and a giraffe in, in the kind of Africa section. But then they've, they've textured the wall so it looks like the giraffe is actually eating the wall and the monkeys, not just a painted hand hanging up off some of the guttering but they've actually made it look like some of the wall is coming out where he's holding on to it it's great um yeah so that was that was really cool and this is definitely a time to be there and in the neustadt and well what can we say about dresden now we're talking about the neustadt and it's schizophrenic it's it's got split personality disorder without a doubt there are two dresdens so you've got the River Elbe that, that runs across the city. And on one side, you've got the what's called the Altstadt, the Old Town, which um, it's is... It's the monumental area. Yeah, it's it's got the palace, the opera house, uh, a place called the Zwinger, which is kind of like a, a pleasure palace built in the middle of the city. Um, but it's all reconstructed because it was all bombed to the ground during World War Two. And so the the Altstadt has all of these buildings that look like they were built anywhere between 
thousand and two hundred years ago, everything from Gothic through Renaissance and up until kind of the the Baroque and and neo Baroque periods, and then you've but but it's all new. Mm-hmm. Like some of the buildings were finished in nineteen ninety eight or two thousand and two mm-hmm. or things like that. So it's all brand new and made to look really really old, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful um a lot of the the interiors and a lot of the artwork and treasures and things like that were preserved in underground bunkers during world war ii so most of that's original and this is the place to go for artwork for galleries for all sorts of things like that and they say that dresden is the florence of the north yeah and you can see it because there are so many art galleries we went to quite a few lots of really really good art in fact in the the royal palace we went to the so the old masters gallery there's an mm-hmm. old masters and the new masters where we saw work by Raphael we saw that painting you know with the two cute angels that has been abused in greeting cards and coffee mugs coffee mugs and <laughs> plaster figurines Raphael has a lot to answer for <laughs> but we saw it you know in real life and a whole lot of other amazing work and that was just in one gallery so there's really a lot to see mm, so absolutely. if you're looking for a a cultural artistic experience mm-hmm. you want to go to the old start yeah well, this is where all the walking tours are and all of the the tour buses live and everything like that and it is beautiful and worthwhile then on the other side of the river you've got the inner old town and this is the inner new town uh, sorry the inner new town this is kind of a hinge upon which everything else swings it's quite um gentrified architecture from the last 150 200 years maybe back to the 1700s and then you pass beyond that and you hit these ugly apartment buildings and that's where kind of the the life of the city feels like it begins yeah that's the this, outer is, Neustadt. this is the Neustadt yeah. and I think the inner Neustadt is kind of clean and open it has that wide uh, Boulevard, avenue Boulevard yeah. that leads from the river up to the what's it called the Arbeplatz yeah which is where there's a big tram interchange lots of different tram stops and uh, yeah it feels nice and clean and in fact we were staying in the inner Neustadt when we after we moved out of the couch surfing uh, place we went to stay in the Bulo residence which we'll tell you a bit more about in a minute and that was really nice beautiful beautiful buildings really nice very clean and then you go on to the outer Neustadt and it's grunge you know yeah it's narrower streets lots of tiny shops lots of international influences it's a lot younger and we stayed there as well we stayed in a hostel called Hostel Lollis which was an experience in itself and it's just yeah where the life is yeah, I mean, you've got um, punks sitting next to hippies, sitting next to a couple of tourists, sitting next to a few graphic designer, hipster kind of people. And it's just everyone's mixing, and it's kind of the the atmosphere that caused them to want to create the, the colourful Republic of Dresden-Neustadt. Yeah. Um, you can you can feel that atmosphere of, of creativity, um, not lawlessness, but kind of um, casual, casualness towards the law. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one corner where everyone sits and drinks all night. You 
buy half a litre of beer for 80 cents from one of the, uh, the local late shops, as they're called, and you sit out on the street corner and there's there's no laws saying cars can't go down there at night, but you'd have trouble because you <laughs> might have 400 people sitting on this one intersection yeah. called Riot Corner. Yeah. And, it's not uh, actually called Riot Corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, not on any map, but that's what it's <laughs> that's called. What's, yeah, it's an intersection. And, and so it's uh, got four corners, and we walked through there a couple of times and just all the way down all the four streets that go off it. Yeah. Get, it, it just gets more and more packed as yeah. the night goes on. Yeah, about 10 o'clock you can probably still drive down there, but by 1 o'clock you've got no chance and maybe a, a band that's been gigging at one of the clubs um, might just come and set up on, on the corner and, and start playing. And So, yeah, it's got this kind of, I don't know, just bohemian feel to it. It was great. I really enjoyed our time in the Neustadt. And one of the things that we did which was really worthwhile was a night walk tour with um, a guy called Danilo. He runs the night walk tours. It was it was really worthwhile. We met him at uh, Albertplatz. We wandered around and he showed us some of the highlights of the Neustadt. When we went, it was obviously summer, so it was still very light uh, because it didn't get dark until about 10.30 and we met at nine. So we got a really good view of some of the street art. He told us the story of the street art. We really love street art tours. And we stopped in at two bars where we got a complimentary welcome drink. The first bar was hilarious because the welcome drink was this chilly... Yeah, <laughs> Tabasco shot. <laughs> Which is obviously designed to make you thirsty so that you buy something else. I had a rhubarba shawla. I love rhubarba <laughs> And um, And also we had a, a drink at the right corner. Danilo pulled out a bottle from his bag. And then we went to a cocktail bar called, was it 64? Mm. And uh, the, the bartender mixed us whatever cocktail we wanted he asked us what four questions, and they went away and prepared the cocktail of our dreams. You yeah, know, it, was, it was really great. But more importantly, was hearing the history of the Neustadt and and hearing about what's going on. Danilo was a little bit negative because you know, just like anywhere, any place like this, things are changing and not necessarily for the better. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of gentrifying a bit. But yeah, yeah Dresden really has a schizophrenic feel to it, and so you need. Uh, more than one day or you need a, a full 24 hour period at least to to be able to get to grips with it because on one you side you want morning... to see this beautiful architecture of you know what what made it famous and, and what gave it this this name the yeah. Florence of the North and see these amazing cultural treasures that they have the great artworks and things like that but then you want to go and drink a beer on a street corner or go into a cocktail bar or mm-hmm. go and see some music and, and well, do all that the kind of stuff. Obviously the Neustadt opens up in the evening, right? Yeah. So you could spend the morning and have lunch in the early afternoon in the Altstadt mm. and then from about four o'clock head over to the Neustadt, yeah. wander around, do then the night tour. Go into the little vintage shops and yep. art design shops and there's some, some really neat stuff. And then... Yeah, the the nightlife is is all there. Unless you're on the other side of the city, then right where the modern shopping mall hits the uh, the Altstadt, there's a street called Weissergasse, which is one street with about twenty five different cafes and bars and restaurants, and that's kind of the place to go in the evening if you're on the Altstadt side. Or you can go into several kilometres of bars and restaurants and pubs, which are, tend to be cheaper and uh, 
yeah so we we had lunch once on Vaisagasa uh, one day and we got a yeah, really was, good deal it was a it was a good deal but looking at the the cocktail prices there kind of 10 to 15 euros and then having a cocktail mixed for me with you know three different liqueurs and and fresh uh fresh herbs and and juices and things for 7.90 yeah. um over at 64 uh you it's know it, it, it's yeah getting a getting a standard mojito for 10 or a you know well, your own mixed cocktail for eight it's like what i was quite interested by prices in dresden i think food prices are pretty comparable to the rest of germany pretty competitive yeah yeah i think museum prices are a little bit more expensive like the the welcome card cost what's it called the dresden city card was 25 euros per person for two days mm-hmm. two calendar days two calendar days yeah. which is a bit more expensive than than usual um, I think it was 48 for, for two people for a family pass. Although to go to three museums in the Zwinger or about six museums in the Royal Palace was 10 euros each. So it was it was reasonable. And, you know, I mean, we were in Florence. The Florence city card was 50 euros. So, you know, it's not too bad. But uh, accommodation prices were a lot cheaper than in other German mm. cities. Like when we were going to Munich, the cheapest place we could find was 60 euros. And we weren't super happy with that. But uh, staying at the Hostel Lollis, for example, it was 44 euros for a double room with a shared bathroom. But uh, I think that's a really good price. Mm. And what was really cool about the Hostel Lollis was that each room is individually decorated and we got the Trabi room. So we opened our door and there was a Trabant car <laughs> parked in our room. Yeah, like these old East German cars that, yeah. you know, you can't get anymore. Um but it's kind of this this icon of Eastern Germany, yeah. and yeah, on the third floor. I don't it, know how they it, got like, it there. It, it, it took up most of the floor space. Yeah, yeah. It and did. Um, the the back of the car. Yeah, I mean, the it still had the open. It still had the driver's seat and passenger seat. No, no, there were no seats. And then, but they oh, had was, the, was that gone as well? Yeah, everything on the, the dash was still there. The dash was there, and the steering wheel was there, but everything else was taken out, and they'd put in like a, a wooden platform, and then a mattress, just a single mattress, because it's not a very wide car. And you could sleep in it. Above the car, there was a, a wooden platform, like a loft, with two mattresses. So it's a three-bedroom. And Craig and I both slept on the top because, you know, we wouldn't have fit in the car together. But what I really loved was that at night, when you turned on the lights, the car headlights came on. It was so cool. That was pretty cool. But what I liked was that each... Uh, it obviously used to be an apartment, so off the central stairwell there was a door that led into a, a small corridor that had, uh, or now it's a hostel, it was converted into three or four of the dorm beds plus a shower room. Yeah, so, so three each, rooms. each of these apartments had its own bathroom, there was a larger bathroom area downstairs if it was busy. But in this little mini corridor, when we first opened it, a sensor light clicked off a disco ball started to spin. <laughs> and so the first time you open the door into the corridor, you know, you, you unlock the bit into your little apartment and open the door, and this disco ball starts to spin and the lights are going. And it's it was like, awesome. Oh, my goodness. And then we walked through, yeah, and unlocked the door to our room and opened it up, and there was a car in front of us. It was it was kind of this utopian ideal of what a... Uh, what a hostel should be. Yeah. Um, downstairs, they had a common area, which uh, 
was divided into a, an upstairs loft area and a downstairs lounge. And during the evening, the lounge area was a, a no electronic device zone. So they asked you not to use your phones or your laptops or anything like that in this lounge yeah, so that you people actually, the loft. actually spoke to each other. Yeah. And then, yeah, you could go up into the loft or into the kitchen to to use your laptops. And um, they had a, a kitchen, nice kitchen with... Uh, well, a, a busy kitchen, I should say. It was quite say. small. I mean, everything but, was in the lounge and in yeah. the kitchen. They had quite a lot of furniture, Yeah. But which meant that there was lots of space for people good. to sit down. But yeah, but I mean, there were all the things you wanted, free tea and coffee. Um, they did a communal meal twice a week, which was completely free. Uh, every night they did something different. So yeah. one day there was a German lesson for an hour. Another day you could yeah, a have, a, have a free meal. Uh, another day, the night tour that we talked about with Danilo uh, is normally $13 per person if you just book it through his website or give him a call. Um, but you can, if you're a guest at the Lowless, you can do it through them on one night a week for 5 bucks per person. Yeah. And that includes your, your yeah, three two welcome drinks, two yeah. welcome drinks and, and a shot. Yeah, mm. so that's, that's great value already. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, there was just something going on every night of the week, and the whole place was was funky and cool and and busy and and people and yeah, we enjoyed great. it. We thought it was a really great hostel. Yeah, so we stayed there for two nights, and before that, we stayed at the Bula Residence, which was in the Inner Neustadt, and this was a complete contrast. This was four star luxury. So they have two two hotels. There's a Bula Residence and the Bula Palais, and the Palais is five star, superior, super super duper high star you know spa and exercise room kind of kind of place so we stayed in the residence which was more kind of our vibe it was a more family feeling and you got breakfast a really really great breakfast oh my goodness it was so good they'd come to your table and ask you how do you want your eggs i had mine i think with uh, scrambled eggs with bacon one day and scrambled eggs with uh mushrooms mushrooms the next day yeah it was was wonderful so uh and it, it wasn't bad prices. I mean, when I looked on Booking.com to see your comparable prices, I think it was the normal rate is about 180 per night. But uh, if you book on Booking.com quite late, there was a special deal for 119 per night for the room. So I mean, that's affordable luxury. Yeah, and it really was nice. The Bulo Residence was the uh, five-star hotel in the past, uh, and then when they opened the Palais, they moved the Michelin star chef over there, opened up a cigar lounge, um, and which looked fantastic. It's just yeah, we sad, sad I didn't have a chance to uh, to get over there. We could have done that. I was always too tired in the evenings. Mm, that's true. Um, and, yeah, I was expecting crazy prices, but it was like, five euros for a whiskey and yeah a, a wide range of cigar prices yeah so that's uh, what i mean with dresden that the accommodation prices are really quite reasonable i mean 44 euros for a double yeah. room at the lollis or 120 euros for real luxury at the boulot you know it's a great place to go and stay yeah for for a weekend or for a week because you know it's actually within reach yeah a um, lot of places in germany are a lot more expensive maybe it's yeah. the east german thing because we found that in, in yeah. berlin as well that Prices were a lot lower. Yeah. Yeah, and well, that, that Inner Neustadt was a great place to stay because you were halfway between the the Altstadt, which had stuff you want to see, and the, the Neustadt, which had places you wanted to, to be at. Um, 
So that's neat. We should talk. Wow, we've already been talking for about 25 minutes. So There's a lot to say about Dresden. <laughs> there really is. We should maybe um, talk about the, the hiking and wildlife mm-hmm. and then talk about some of the galleries before we finish up. Okay, well, when we were staying with Carola and, and Stefan, they took us out to Saxonschweiß National Park, which is one of the things that you should definitely do if you can get there from Dresden. Uh, there's a, a little area called Bastai. It's kind of a, a tourist attraction in itself with amazing rock formations, and they've built a bridge across so that you get really great views. Mm, well, it, it, they turned it into like a mountain fortress. Mm-hmm. Like the Bastai is like... Um, Bastion. Uh, Bastion, yeah. So it's this mountain fortress. So when Linda says they built this little bridge, it's like something out of a fantasy novel. It is really it's, like that. It's stonework, arched, arch bridges going from from rock peak to rock peak along the, uh, you know, uh, sorry, above the the Elbe River. Um, it's it's something else. It's, it's quite <laughs> difficult to explain because these rock formations are like pinnacles going high into the air, almost like pancakes of of rocks of stone Mm. and it's really worth seeing what we did was we drove to a parking area and then walked to Bastai it was about an hour and then did a round trip back to the car yeah back to another village which looked like it would have been really cool if all of the restaurants and bars and things weren't still shut because they'd been flooded out the week before it was quite interesting because in 2002 there was a really serious flood in Dresden and uh, on quite a lot of buildings, especially in this area, in the Saxon Swiss National Park, um, there are little signs saying high watermark 2002. They also had signs from the late 1800s. There were mm. two big floods then. And I get the feeling that they're going to be putting up a 2013 one. We could still see the, the dirt on the walls where, mm. where the water had risen. Yeah, lots of people working hard cleaning things and, and restoring things. But yeah, it did seem like for about 100 years there were no big floods, and mm-hmm. then boom. 2002. But yeah, that was... The the Saxon Swiss National Park is uh, certainly worth a day trip, and you can get out there, I think, by public transport yeah, or private can. tour buses. At the Lollis Hostel, they had information about how you could get out there. Yeah, about 45 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went out by car with our couch surfing host, which is even better. Um, and so then back in the city, uh, in the the Altstadt, there are several impressive buildings. The Church of Our Lady is a famous church, and you can go in there for free and have a look around. There's an audio guide you can get if you wish. It's but super we, baroque. <laughs> yeah, we just poked our head in and sat for a few minutes and then wandered on out again. Um, and it was beautiful, but if you've been to lots of Baroque churches, then it's not going to blow your mind um, and then we went from there over to the Zwinger which is a large courtyard um, with a, a moat around some of it that has a set of three different museums in it there's the Old Masters Picture Gallery which Linda spoke about before there's the Science Gallery the Physics and Mathematics Salon and also a Pottery Gallery so the most interesting of these for me was the physics and maths salon, even though I'm not much of an engineering kind of physicsy person. But yeah, the, the mathematics physics salon was really cool. Yeah, the the porcelain boring, quite dull. <laughs> but uh, the mathematics physics salon was really cool because it showed all sorts of 
old devices, including Blaise Pascal's original calculator. Mm-hmm. That well, was one so of them. Cool. Yeah, yeah, one of them. That was neat. Lots of clocks, old globes. So not just terrestrial mm-hmm. globes, but also globes of the, the skies and of the moon. Wow, that yeah. was great. And uh, all sorts of amazing timepieces and measuring devices and things like that. So, Astrolabes. Yeah, it was a bit geeky. Uh, we, <laughs> should, we should say about the pottery that uh, Meissen, which is kind of a town just outside of Dresden, uh, was where European pottery began. Mm-hmm. So um, they were trying to kind of steal the secret of the um, ceramic pottery glaze um, of, of China, of China. China. Pot- yeah. <laughs> um, they were trying to steal that from China, and Meissen, Dresden, was the, the place where they succeeded. Yeah, and they like, made uh, red stoneware first and then white stoneware. The, the king, Alf- was it Alfred the Strong, was really, really, really into pottery, and he collected lots of it, and that's mostly what the uh, porcelain museum is about, all of his collections, which is quite boring. But on the other side of the museum was uh, some of the Meissen pottery, which was much more interesting. They had uh, porcelain animals, big monkeys and lions and tigers, and that was really cool. But it would have been nice if they'd showed more of the the process, how porcelain was made, a bit more of the history of how it came to be produced there. It was just kind of a showroom for lots of porcelain. Mm. And, you know, that's not super interesting. Yeah, if you're going to go to one, I'd either go to the old masters or the science, depending on what you're into. The the porcelain, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't jump up and down about. But the thing is, you can get an integrated ticket. It's, it's ten euros for all three, mm. or with the uh, Dresden City Card, the two day one, you get entrance as well. So I'd go into the side that has the the Meissen, uh, pot porcelain, but not into the the Japanese collections. Mm. Which kind of ran through, and, oh yeah, lots of pots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're highly cultured, as you can tell. <laughs> the palace also has several different galleries, uh, which you can visit all on an integrated ticket or with this dressed in welcome card that we had. It uh, was mainly all included. There was just one gallery that wasn't the historical Green Vault. But we did go into the new Green Vault, and this is kind of the royal treasury uh, of Dresden, all put on display. There were beautiful diamonds. There was amazing artworks, like cherry stones that mm. were carved with hundreds of faces or with coats of arms. Or they're really tight, amazing. They're, they're smaller than your fingernail, and you look at them under a magnifying glass, and there's this fantastic level of detail. And I just wonder how many cherry stones these poor craftsmen <laughs> must have gone through to do these really fine work, um, amazing jewels, and uh, there was this kind of phase, I think, where you you took a shell or something like that that had been imported from the, the South China Seas or the Pacific, which was all new and exciting, and then you added silver and gold to it and turned it into a, a fawn or a mermaid or I really liked a those. drinking vessel or something like that. There was also a really good one that was a a golden statue but it was a a figure that was in the process of changing into something else to represent this they used coral coming out of her head and out of her arms it looked really great so I think that was my favorite part of that gallery was the 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 kind of juxtaposition of the the natural seashells and Mm. coral with the very 
highly worked gold and silver and, and jewels. Yeah. There was a great modern photo exhibition, which I think was temporary, um, by a Dresden photographer called Vols, which was on lots of interesting portraits and uh, still lifes. But yeah, I think that was temporary, so it might not be there whenever you're visiting. Uh, one thing that we did do was go up the tower there. There's a lookout tower that takes you up above, kind of above where the, uh, the church is. So you're standing above the, the palace's church and looking out over the river towards the Neustadts. Uh, you can see the Opera House and the Zwinger. You can see the Church of Our Lady, the Frauenkirk, and, and all around. Now, there were three or four places where people suggested we climb up towers to take a look at the, uh, the Church of Three Kings and the Martin Luther Church. But uh, because this one was included in the integrated ticket, we went up there, and it was a good choice. It, it was it was good. The uh, the Martin Luther Church in the old town apparently one and sorry in the the Neustadt apparently one night a week, you can go up at night huh, and cool. then see all the lights of the city. That so would be quite nice. That would be cool. Okay, well there's a a big terrace walkway along the the casemates of the along the river, part of the defences. And behind the terrace is the Albertinum, which has two parts, the sculpture part and the painting part. The exhibition that was on there was the uh, New Masters Gallery. And I really like the sculpture, and you really like the New Masters. Yeah, I enjoyed discovering uh, William Hel Wilhelm Hammershoy. I've never heard of him before, but yeah, there was a lot of his work there, and it was really great. Gosh, we've been speaking for so long, but... Um, <laughs> we just did so much more. There was the, the Turkish chamber with the beautiful things. Um, beautiful things, eh? Beautiful <laughs> things that they imported. The idea was to have a, a tent city for the army. And so they were importing things from, I think, what was then the Ottoman Empire. I think it was coming from Turkey. Um, and, yeah, these these big tents in the Oriental style and, and masks and sabers it was like this fascination with Orientalism, um, but they only bought the first kind of dozen tents, and then that was about as far as it went. But they're all on display. Yeah, that was in the Royal Palace. Uh, apart from visiting the Royal Palace, the Zwinger, and the Albertinum, we also went to the Ethnology Museum, which was in the Japanese Palace on the uh, Neustadt side of the river, and also the Museum of Saxon Folk Art and Puppet Theatre, which I really enjoyed. I love seeing toys and things like that. Unfortunately, all the signs were in German, so we didn't understand that much. And in the Ethnology Museum, they only had a very small display. I think they're building it up at the moment. So it was a little bit small, but quite interesting. Mm. Well, as you can tell, there's so much to do in Dresden, and you almost have to treat it like it's two different cities. Um, that's certainly how I felt. I. Mm -hmm. I still get this feeling that it's really schizophrenic and just held together by this little bubble of the, the inner new town, um, both in terms of the personalities of the people living there, the types of attractions, and the feeling of the city. It's like being in two completely different places. Yep, that's right. Well, I think that's pretty much all we've got to say about Dresden. We could say a lot more, obviously, because it's a great city that's really worth visiting. But um, I think we'll have to finish up. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you are planning on traveling this year, make sure you do visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flight slash hostels and slash insurance when you're booking online. Or visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon if you're going to be shopping at Amazon.com. Yeah, remember, and it doesn't cost you any more. You just stop by our site, and if you then buy something through Amazon, we get a commission. And we really love it when you do that. Okay, well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.